You are listening to Man Behind the Machine. Hi, Rev. How are you? Oh, doing fine. Thank you. I said, our government allowed Facebook a free pass on every line they put on in the world with no kind of of restraints. 1984 continued. So pleasantly surprised to find out the main character so far, Winston, is a writer. And it seems as though it is quite a challenge to have a writing utensil and a pad of paper. So I can look beyond the darkness and really appreciate the writer aspect of the character. I had a nice conversation with Dear Mr. Man, I hope you're on vacation because I see you haven't checked your messages and you work so hard, you need a vacation. So, um, so I was talking to text. (laughs) There's a difference between audio and talking to text. Talking to text is you know, you use your microphone and it makes a text. Now this one, I wanted to make sure it was on audio. Uh, I'm still not home where my George Orwell book is, or have I gotten to the library where my talking George Orwell book is? <clears throat> but I'll get there. Uh, I, I tend to keep my phone over. I, I swear this is true when I'm sending you a photo of my Apple Maps. I pulled over and asked Siri to send me to a park nearby. I'm going to zoom from the park. Well, it is what it is. George Orwell, pseudonym of Eric Blair, 1903 to 1950, was born in Bengal and educated at Eton. After service with the Indian Imperial Police in Burma, he returned to Europe to earn his living penning novels and essays. He was essentially a political writer who focused his attention on his own times, a man of intense feelings and fierce hates. An opponent of totalitarianism, he served in the Royalist forces in the Spanish Civil War. He was critical of communism, but considered himself a socialist. He hated intellectuals, although he was a literary critic. He despised camped lying and cruelty in life and literature. Upon his death, he left behind a growing reputation for greatness and a substantial body of work that bore out his conviction that modern man was inadequate to cope with the demands of his history. It sounds like the man with pin name George Orwell. I definitely like Richard Burton. I will definitely need to be finding a copy of the movie. So I'll have the movie, 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 talking book, and book. All covered by the time I'm done. I work all two days. And today ended up being longer. I thought I was done by three. I have the talking book now from the library.
library of uh, George Orwell, but I do not have a CD player. I have the book, and uh, part of doing my silence activity for 24 hours was uh, doing nothing. Uh, so I have some interesting thoughts also about George Orwell and the uh, 1984 novel. Uh, I read, oh, I don't know, maybe I'm up to page 2930. And, um, uh, I don't know why that is, but I... Uh, am more of a utopia. Now, if you were to say, read this classic utopia novel, I'd be all over that. Because I'm all about being in utopia. Like uh, Wizard of Oz. Watch that a million bazillion times. <laughs> that seemed like, you know, ending up in utopia. <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful life. Um, to me, that would not be a dystopian. None of those would be dystopian. I don't, so I kind of like utopia. And uh, tend to be on the positive side. As I have enough negative thoughts of my own, uh, maybe that's where the dystopian people come from. Is from the, the negative, which I uh, have maybe tried to subdue. But anyway, my thoughts are, okay, yes, I can see some similarities, yes, I can see the similarities from then and now, dystopian novel. So I am reading George Orwell, 1984, Anti-Utopia. You know, I can't tend to wrestle, but I surrender, I'm surrendering, and uh, so here's where I'm at, okay? I have the talking book. And I have the reading book, and I've read through chapter four, so maybe getting close to a third of the way through. And uh, as I listen to the talking book, I remember um, most everything about like events, like where he's come across O'Brien, or where he's you know eyeing up the different women some that he likes and some that he can't stand. You know, there's plenty of hate in this uh, particular book. It's about an organization, the world, which is organized into uh, three, I thought it was three countries, but it's more like three super states or three continents. And uh, I remember one is Oceania and one is uh, Eurasia. I don't know, the other one might be below the ocean, I don't know. Because <laughs> he's talked about Goldstein, the enemy, who basically is a rebel who wants freedom of thought and freedom for everyone, but I don't know, I guess everyone's been brainwashed that Goldstein is the uh, enemy. And he, uh, you know, he's described him, the uh, author, George Orwell, who is uh, his pen name, I love saying pen name since you taught me that. Um, pen name, Mr. Blair, I don't remember his first name, uh, depicts a writer, which I believe my intuition senses that he's also writing about himself. Um, I like the talking book because it is set in London, England, and I like the English accent. I've always had uh, English friends in my life, 
and the Damons, the, da the Dames, Damon is Deutsch of Deutsch, Helen in Damon of Deutsch, and the Japs and the uh, Dames, um, I just, I get along so well with their uh, accent, you know, they always tease me. We're the ones who speak proper English. You Americans, you butcher our language. And so the talking book gives me uh, a chance to observe that the book is depicted in London. And as I'm reading the book, uh, I'm focusing too much on, oh God, there's another word I don't understand. But when I listen to the talking book, I'm able to comprehend more because I can put everything together and now it's becoming more and more f uh, familiar uh, because the words that uh, this guy used was it back in the late 30s or 40s. He wrote the book 40 years before 1984. Um, this guy has amazing intuition. I'm guessing that he was an INFJ or something highly intuitive. Um, I'm also, and you know, he died. So he was very well developed in his intuition. He died, I think, the author in 1949, if I recall, checking that out. So, I mean, you know, he wrote this book not too long before he died. And um, so there are interesting little factoids. I was reading in the book and not understanding the, and I think I read that, I did a reading for you about the different uh, vacuum tubes and uh, what's called the memory hole, uh, where all the, so there is no paper. I mean, it makes logical sense that you immediately recycle the paper because we're just um, so wasteful, you know, and but in the book, the truth is, you know, he writes that it's incinerated, that there's some hidden incinerator in every building. What a fantastic idea. I would guess that would come as a solution to the mountains and mountains of garbage and all the garbage pickup. However, I also observe that uh, the character Winston, at 39 years old, his health is kind of cruddy. You know, so for being in um, a society that only allows uh, 20 grams of sugar a week, which, I, you know, I gave you the comparison, I was able to consume uh, a few hundred, I don't know, several hundred grams of sugar. <laughs> I mean, chocolate, just in one box of chocolates. So, you know, it gives you a pictorial a visual image when you actually look up and say, well, God, you know, what does 20 grams look like? And uh, so, you know, you would think of the society limiting sugar would be for a good reason. So then why does uh, the, the character Winston at age 39 have such horrible health? He has, uh, you know, this thing he keeps scratching on his leg. He's wakes up with a coughing fit. I mean, he sounds more like an 80 or 90 year old. And so perhaps the author is trying to illustrate that in dystopian societies, uh, there, there really isn't good health. And here's why. You know, when you limit people, ration people their food, ration people everything they need, um, they're like, you know, they're dismal. So naturally they're going to smoke and drink. I like the part of the book where he was talking about 
uh, he had some kind of watered down gin. And uh, I mean, it just made him so sick to drink it. But you know, in dystopian societies, they don't have any choice but to take what they can get, according to the way the author writes, you know. Here, take what you can get. <laughs> and, um, but I do like um, that he, you know, the similarity that I find is that he really loves to write. Uh, he's a fantastic writer, and the, and the author of the book that he's writing about himself is that the author is also a fantastic writer. I'm, I'm no judge in your mind. Like, uh, in his room, the telescreen, which now, you know, we are definitely in telescreen, called differently. Uh, he hides in the corner of his uh, living area to hide the telescreen, which is surveilling him. I mean, you know, this is another book on surveillance. Um, you know, between uh, Edward Snowden and uh, George Orwell, I think I've just about had it with surveillance. I'm in full acceptance of it. As long as you don't limit me to 20 grams of chocolate a week. <laughs> you know, and I'm in acceptance that... Uh, yeah. ...coming toward him from the other end of the long, bright corridor. It was the girl with dark hair. Four days had gone past since the evening when he had run into her outside the junk shop. As she came nearer, he saw that her right arm was in a sling, not noticeable at the distance because it was of the same color as her overalls. Probably she had crushed her hand while swinging around one of the big kaleidoscopes on which the plots of novels were roughed in. It was a common accident in the fiction department. They were perhaps four meters apart, but when the girl stumbled, was flat on her face. A sharp cry of pain was run out of her. She must have fallen right on the injured arm. Winston stopped short. The girl had risen to her knees. Her face had turned a milky yellow color against which her mouth stood out redder than ever. Her eyes were fixed on his with an appealing expression that looked more like fear than pain. A curious emotion stirred in Winston's heart. In front of him was an enemy who was trying to kill him. In front of him also was a human creature in pain and perhaps with a broken bone. Already he had instinctively started forward to help her. Stasia, Eurasia was an ally. There was, of course, no admission that any change had taken place. Merely it became known. in one of the central London squares at the moment when it happened. It was night, and the white faces and the scarlet banners were hurriedly flooded. The square was packed with several thousand people, including a block of about a thousand schoolchildren in the uniform of the spies. On a scarlet-draped platform, an orator of the inner party, a small lean man with disproportionately long arms and a large bald skull over which a few lank blocks straggled, was haranguing the crowd. A little rumpelstiltskin figure, contorted with hatred. He gripped the neck of the microphone with one hand, while the other, enormous at the end of a bony arm, clawed the air menacingly above his head. His voice, made metallic by the amplifiers, boomed forth an endless catalogue of atrocities, massacres, deportations, lootings, rapings, torture of prisoners, bombings of civilians, lying propaganda, unjust aggressions, broken treaties. It was almost impossible to listen to him without being first convinced and then... It was without even breaking the syntax. But at the moment, 
tried getting me into scary movies I remember going to the exorcist with him and when she was puking the green vomit Linda Blair I was so I can't put a word on it shocked at that kind of sensational scare stuff in movies I somehow he had the lid off of his pop my soon-to-be husband uh, and was munching on the ice he chomps ice when he was nervous probably still does <laughs> so I'm reaching for the popcorn and I stuck my hand right down in his icy cold pop uh, yeah <laughs> And then my kids, years later, tried to get me to watch zombie movies. I, I just didn't see the point in horror shows. Zombie is like a sideline of that. Um, never was my thing. Um, Dark Shadows used to be this TV soap opera, scary soap opera. No, it wasn't my thing. Refused to watch it. And uh, so what I'm getting at is about George Orwell, 1984. The year 1984 has come and gone. Prophetic, nightmarish, timelier than ever, negative utopia, startling, original, and haunting novel that creates an imaginary world that is completely convincing. No... One can deny the novel's hold on imaginations and power of admonitions. 
a power that seems to grow, not lessen with the passage of time. I... Man behind the machine, this is your old pal Jack Nicholson. I would just like to personally thank you for giving me a brain adjustment with all of your special technology. <laughs> thank you for hooking me up to the right doozly doobles and jobbly jobbles, if you know what I mean. Uh, although I did have to uh, strap my brain skull into that contraption, I gotta say, I had... Uh, one of the greatest times of my life being hooked up to the interwebs. So thank you very much for uh, introducing me to the worldwide, uh, let's just say the worldwide zeros and ones. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Uh, it, was a, it, it was an experience like none other. And uh, thank you very much for all of your technological wizardry and uh, your highly extensive knowledge about this simulated reality. Take care, buddy. Man behind the machine, this is your old pal Jack Nicholson. I would just like to personally thank you for giving me a brain adjustment with all of your special technology. <laughs> Thank you for hooking me up to the right doozly doobles and jobbly jobbles, if you know what I mean. Uh, although I did have to uh, strap my brain skull into that contraption, I gotta say, I had uh, one of the greatest times of my life being hooked up to the interwebs. So thank you very much for uh, introducing me to the worldwide uh, let's just say worldwide zeros and ones. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Uh, it was a, it, it was an experience like none other. And uh, thank you very much for all of your technological wizardry and uh, your highly extensive knowledge about this simulated reality. Take care, buddy.